Hi, I was in the middle of doing blurble reasoning when Darren Chan tweeted out that there was going to be a reprint of the manga version of the uh, Cirque de Freak series, which I believe is the manga name of the thing and not the saga of Darren Chan. Um, and yeah, I was just like, oh shit, I never got a chance to collect these myself. And I did go back and look at them several times, and they were always like £50 a book or something insane to get them used, so they were pretty difficult to get a hold of. But they've just started reprinting them um, as omnibus editions, so there's going to be five books, if I've got that right. No, six books, ignore me, six books, two volumes in each one, I think. So to give a quick history of myself here, um, I'm not a huge manga reader, but I have read some stuff. So for instance, um, I, I watched some anime. The first anime I ever got into was Bleach and then Naruto shortly after, but I don't watch a huge amount of anime after that. Always open to it, but I don't have a lot of series in my back catalogue. Um, but a lot of anime is adaption of manga, and so I do own the first... Uh, ooh, let me have a look behind me. Where is it? I want to say 3, 6, 9, 12. The first 15 volumes of Bleach. Um, and there is something really nice about having it physically, uh, about having a nice physical volume of manga. Just the artwork, like, there's nothing wrong with reading it digitally, and that is how I've read a lot of manga in the past. Um, but there's, there's, you just can't beat physical for manga specifically. Like, it's just so nice to see the artwork printed on a page as you're reading through it. Um, but yeah, I have read some of the later volumes of Bleach and Naruto when I wanted to read ahead of the anime adaption. Um, so I was reading those week to week as that was happening. But I do want to collect all of those physically because, man, you just can't beat it. The Saga of Darren Shan, also known as the Cirque de Freak series, is a... I did mention this in my Blurble Reasoning video, which I recently put up of the first book, so apologies if you've seen that and I'm now repeating myself, but I'll very quickly go over it again. It's a very, very important series to me. Um, Darren Chan is one of my favourite authors of all time. Um, I myself aspire to be a successful author, and um, he wasn't the only reason why. Like, I've, I've kind of had this dream uh, since, like... I was six years old, I can trace it back that far, but it's definitely one of the biggest motivators of like, I read that series and was like, I want to do this, I want to write like this, um, and I love his Demonata series and other works that he's done too, so um, to finally have the manga adaption of this series is very very exciting and I've got the next volume on pre-order which comes out in April and I'm definitely going to grab all of these when they come out. For those of you who watched the first two Blurble Reasoning videos um, of Cirque de Freak and Ven the Vampire's Assistant, don't worry, I am halfway through Tunnel of Blood right now and I am going to continue to reread that series. It's just going to be alongside this um, slightly staggered manga release so we'll probably finish the book series long ahead those um but i'm just going to be putting up videos of me reading these as well because listen if i if i knew this was coming out i would probably have just done the manga i wouldn't have reread the book series i would have just read through the manga as it came out but i didn't know okay i didn't know this was happening until i was already halfway through i think it was the vampire's assistant so <laughs> we're just gonna do both fuck it as of this point in the recording i have just finished volume one of cirque de freak which would uh, be basically Cirque de Freak, all of the events that happen in the book Cirque de Freak. Um, so it's got four chapters, and I think it's because, um, or I guess four issues, and I think it's because the first issue was like a mega size one, which they do sometimes for when you're introducing a series, I believe. Um, so I didn't count the pages, obviously, but I assume it's like a 60-page thing, so it's 
Um, I was confused when I saw the contents of this omnibus and I was like, oh, that's weird. The first four chapters, I, they call them chapters in the book, but they're issues. The first four issues are Cirque de Freak and then the next ten issues are the Vampire's Assistant, that's weird. But when I finished volume one, uh, it was directly in the middle of the book, so it's the same length. So first impressions, I really, really, really enjoy this adaption. It's so good. I'm so excited for the rest of these. Um, and I love how the artwork, um, it doesn't directly uh, resemble the characters the way I kind of like saw them in my mind's eye, but I think it's a really good depiction of them, and I just accepted everyone as I saw them. My favourite, by far, I have to say, is Mr. Tool. If you watched my Playable Reasoning video, you'll know that I always cast Mr. Tool in my mind's eye as Gene Wilder, um, but in this he looks more like that guy from Katamari Damacy, uh, the god dude, except without a really wide head. He's so, like, otherworldly and strange and long <laughs> and he's got these sparkling black eyes and um yeah he reminds me of that guy and he also reminds me a bit of Don Kanonji from early issues of Bleach. The other character design I want to talk about a little bit is Mr. Krepsley uh, because I was surprised to find him in this like I thought he would be in this kind of understated like I think in the book he's described as being in like this red overcoat um like this dark blood red overcoat but like in this he's got like a full-on traditional circus looking like top hat and like this kind of Victorian aesthetic um big jacket coat with like a massive zip on the front of it as well um and it's really cool but it's also a little bit different to how I kind of like assumed he would be. In fact, I would have to say that if there's one major change in this entire book, it's Mr. Krepsley. They do change a few things around for the sake of the adaption, and some of the first scenes we see in the book are of Mr. Krepsley handing Darren the Cirque de Freak leaflet, and we later learned that Mr. Krepsley had specifically chosen Darren. So he, he kind of, you're given the impression that he um, chose Darren not just to visit the Cirque de Freak, but also to become his assistant. Like, he already had this entire plot in his mind when he gave out the flyer, which kind of changes his character a bit, because now he's not like... I don't know if they're still going to go into the whole he was influenced into blooding Darren by Mr. Tiny thing, um, or if it's going to be a little bit more sinister than that. I don't know. He's kind of cast and drawn as a villain, uh, throughout the book, um, which is weird because at the end we also see him looking sympathetic towards Darren and saying, uh, you may not believe us but I feel sorry for you, which is a direct line from the book. Uh, and he looks sympathetic in how he's drawn there. But he's... In, in the original Cirque de Freak book there's a lot more, I think, given to that view of him, of him as a sympathetic character of, I don't know why I did this, although maybe this is just me retroactively knowing the story and being like, oh, he was kind of like... <laughs> hypnotized a little bit into doing this um, but no in this it's more like I don't know he seems malicious I'll be curious to see how this depiction of Mr. Krepsley evolves going forward I'm assuming he loses the top hat at some point when they stop traveling with a Cirque de Freak because I mean <laughs> I mean come on I do like his hairstyle the kind of like spiky part to his hair that goes backwards it makes him look very distinct and his actual facial structure as well um, it's all very well having him described as having a scar in the books um, but in my mind's eye I kind of would forget to add that sometimes uh, whereas in the uh, manga obviously it's there and it's prominent and every time he's in a panel it's like a part of him in a way that I never really 
let it be in the books. And that's not Darren's fault, he was always stroking his scar in scenes and stuff like that, but I don't know, I never pictured quite how big it was across his face and all that. Um, and this is also the version of Mr. Krebsy I see the most fan art of, so um, it's also familiar, as, as new as it is to me, it is kind of familiar too, um, because Darren Shanry tweets a lot of fan art and a lot of it does make Mr. Krebsy look like this, it's like the manga version of him. I liked, for, for the most part, I liked the changes that were made to the story. They were small, uh, but there were changes made to the story for the sake of the adaption. Um, but a lot of them just came off as like a new draft of the book, if I'm honest. I I wasn't um, reserved in saying that I felt like in my recent reread of Cirque de Freak, it was a little bit rough around the edges in ways that later books aren't. Um, and it feels like this book is, uh, the manga adaption of this kind of smooths those edges over. For instance, they got rid of Darren hypnotising his sister. Um, before he almost went to drink her blood, which is a scene which I think Darren regretted putting in the book because he had to explain it away later because that's not an established vampire power. That would make them overpowered. That would make them OP. Also, certain events are streamlined. Um, so, for instance, at the start of the book, um, Darren gets a flyer, um, which I guess makes more sense because Alan's more of a side character in the book, um, and there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of time spent on talking about Alan having the flyer and how he's gonna, um, how he stole it from his brother and all of this kind of a thing. And then also just, just small details like that where it's like, instead of being like, oh, you're only allowed two tickets for this arbitrary reason that I'm not going to tell you, it's more like there were only two tickets left because they were sold out. That's much more like, oh, yeah, of course. So yeah, I'm not going to list every single change here because, well, frankly, I don't remember them. Um, but I, the main point I'm trying to make is that just reading through this manga adaption of a book, it almost feels like, uh, I don't want to say a superior version of the story, but that's probably, if I'm thinking that, it's probably just because it's new to me it's like retelling a story that's familiar to me but in a new way um, but it is very much a good version of the story I like it a lot I kind of hope that if they do adapt this series into a Netflix series which um, there have been rumors of recently um, I hope that they take a page out of a manga adaptions book and not the movie adaption um, the manga adaption feels like it's super faithful to the original content while still making changes which benefit the new format uh, that it's being told through as well as like I say just like I out a couple of wrinkles in the original story. I love how Steve Leonard is drawn in this book though, like the, the panel where he says to Mr. Krebsley, make me a vampire, and he looks all fanged and monstrous and gangly, um, that was really cool. And then again later on when you see Darren as he's about to bite Annie, you see his reflection in the mirror and it's super exaggerated and stuff. There's so much Japanese flair to this, which obviously you would expect with it being a manga adaption and stuff. Um, but um, so many cool little things like when uh, when he's when I know I started this clip talking about Steve but we've diverged uh, when Darren's grasping for the tickets in the air and you see the spider and it's going weave your web Darren it just adds that little bit more thematic cohesion um, because Darren you get the impression that he's only obsessed with spiders up to the point of stealing Madame Octa and then we don't need to talk about it anymore but this manga adaption makes it feel like an aspect of his character and similarly to bring it back to Steve I would say um, you get much more of Steve's inherent evil, well, quote-unquote evil nature. I've talked about that a bit in the initial video I did of a book, uh, but you get, like, the, the potential for evil within him is drawn in his character, and it's really well portrayed. I think my favourite drawing of Steve, though, has to be the night after, the, after their visit to the Cirque de Freak when he walks into class, and I remember in the book he was described as having bags under his eyes and looking... <laughs> 
tired and haggard, but you really see it in that panel where he first enters the door and you can kind of see him look at Darren and they kind of exchange a glance of like, shit man, <laughs> look what we just went through. Volume 1 was so good and I'm really excited to read Volume 2 and see how all that stuff looks in the manga adaption. Uh, you're about to hear me talk about Volume 2 but it's, um, it's a less immediate future for me than it is for you, I'm going to read it later on. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to see how the entire book series comes along in the manga adaption, how Vampire Mountain looks, how um, older, I'm really excited to see how older Darren looks when he uh, hits the purge and all that, and yeah, just like how these characters look in a few editions and of, of manga later, and just like, ah, I love it, I love it so much, I'm really glad that this exists, this is like a dream, I wish all of my favourite stories had manga adaptions, I wish they would make a demon art a manga adaption, can you imagine? Um, and before I stop talking about volume 1 as well, saying that just reminded me, um, when the wolfman bit off the lady's arm in the crowd, I was really happy that they went full on gore with that and you saw the arm come off and you saw blood and everything because it doesn't shy away from the original tone of the books and when things get gorier later on I don't think they're going to shy away from it which is nice to see. So yeah. Oh also what if the uh, Netflix adaption of this is an adaption of a manga and it's like an anime version of it. Oh that would be so cool. Sorry that idea just occurred to me. Anyway <laughs> on to the next volume and when I say volume I mean um onto the Vampire's Assistant adaption because this is Omnibus Volume 1, both of those books, but I know how they were originally published and that's what I'm talking about when I say volume. And now we move on to the Vampire's Assistant where I actually have a few more gripes with the adaption, but again a few more things which really shine. Some of my gripes are largely subjective, for instance I don't particularly like the way RV is drawn. He is drawn as this kind of like lumbering oaf with like a really wide looking face and a big nose and he's kind of reminiscent of a notchback of Notre Dame in some ways and yeah he's just kind of beyond that portrayed as malicious from the very start but if I have to be honest my biggest gripe with this adaption is that unlike uh, the first volume of the first book Cirque de Freak uh, it's not quite as faithful because some scenes were cut um, the pacing at least matching the book uh, isn't as one for one so they had to cut some scenes and one of the scenes which I think really needed to be in there was the scene when Darren and Sam go to the train yard uh, because Sam saves Darren's life during that scene and it's a really important kind of strengthening of their friendship bond which would have made Sam's death hit all the harder at the end of the manga. In fact in the artist notes at the end of a book um, Arai himself even talks about how uh, he was I guess for some reason this didn't apply to the first volume, but in this volume he was kind of uh, told to stick to an 18 page weekly serial format, um, so he found it hard to kind of make sure that there's a cliffhanger at the end of every issue and that it all fits uh, fits all the scenes of the main book in uh, alongside it, so um, it seems like there's maybe a bit of a learning curve going on there. I hope that no more scenes, uh, no more important scenes get cut, um, but to, to stop criticising it for a moment, I was really happy that they kept the scene uh, that I praised 
in my other video of this where I was talking about the novel where Darren is really weak on blood and he's probably going to die in the next few days um, and it's him and Evera or Eva, however you pronounce it sitting and staring at the stars and talking about are you really just going to let yourself die and he's like yeah I really might and that's a really powerful scene and I'm glad that got kept in but yeah a lot of the stuff with RV got cut as well um, he just kind of shows up for one scene as someone that Sam already knows as this weird kind of forest half-man, half-lumbering ogre giant person. Um, it's not explicitly said, but I mean, that's kind of what the art looks like. Um, but again, with art, with manga, everything is exaggerated. Like, expressions are exaggerated. Arguments and, like, scenes like that are exaggerated. It usually escalates to physical violence when in reality it wouldn't. Um, as was the case in this adaption, RV physically attacks Darren, uh, which he definitely didn't in the book, um, apart from that little prank when we first meet him. Um, he attacks Darren with a big old stick, and I was like, whoa, RV, not cool. Darren's like a kid he's a half vampire but you don't know that yet but yeah having uh, been familiar with some previous manga and anime uh, I can definitely see the Japanese influence and how it would change certain scenes in this book uh, and I think for the most part it was some really good stuff uh, like the <laughs> even if I disagree with the direction they took RV in this adaption um, I did like the kind of Mm, and like he, there's a panel of him looking at Darren as he's walking away like mm, the first time we meet him so it's kind of like foreshadowing what's going to happen there um, and then you've got stuff like when Darren actually reveals to Sam Grest that he's a half vampire or just a vampire he says um, which doesn't happen in the book you have Sam being like no it's okay like as he's dying I want you to drink from me um, I think that was a really good change but like as he's dying and being like man I'm really glad I met you I had a lot of fun that seems very kind of I don't know how to put it but it seems like an anime slash manga trope to me of like someone dying and like having a bit of a monologue as they die that happens more in manga and Shakespeare than kind of like traditional novels or I guess modern day novels uh, so there you go manga has more in common with Shakespeare than it does with novels who would have guessed because Shakespeare is of course an entire medium of storytelling I'm not not vocabularizing very well, sorry, I've had four hours of sleep. For a moment, I was worried that they were going to skip over the scene where Darren seriously considers killing Mr. Krepsy, but actually, um, they kind of went, not overboard on it, but like, they emphasized that part of Darren's character. Um, they seem to have this kind of duality look that they approach with Darren, like, they embrace the half-vampire aspect of Darren in a really cool way. Um, like, I've read this novel many, many times now, but never have I seen it from a perspective which so uh, puts Darren's half-human and half-vampire sides at odds. And uh, Darren's half-vampire side, side here is portrayed as something very monstrous, but I have a theory that that is actually more hinting towards Darren's, uh, and spoilers for the entire series here, but I assume anyone who's watching this already knows it, um, I think that's hinting towards the fact that he's Mr. Tiny's son and that he's going to become the Lord of the Shadows uh, in one of the two destined fates. But, but man, we're still a long way off from that, so we'll have to see how Arai takes it. Am I saying his name right, by the way? I really hope so, but he's super talented, man. He's so good at this. I loved a Wolfman's design, by the way. I just gotta throw that in there. That is such a cool Wolfman. Another change, uh, I think Eva was not quite as big on um, Sam coming to join the Cirque de Freak as Darren was. 
And I think a really big important note here is that that was mostly portrayed through facial expressions. So if that was supposed to come across in the original novel, I didn't get it. But because it's in a new medium, I totally did. If it was just the manga artist's take. Um, oh, sorry, I know there's an actual term. What is it? Manga, man, hang on, manga car apparently. Um, yeah, I knew it was something like that, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But yeah, I don't know if it's just the manga car's um, interpretation of the story, and that was showing through in the facial expression for either. But I really like that. It wasn't like a rift in their friendship or anything, but it was a noticeable difference showing that Eva is more kind of experienced in the ways of how the Cirque de Freak operates and the kind of person that finds a home there. And I think he can tell that Darren is looking for more friends but it's probably not a good idea um, but again because he's Darren's friend he doesn't really push it um, and again another thing I was going to note it's not necessarily a change but I think this manga adaption really um, exemplifies not exemplifies enhances the kind of development of Darren and Eva's friendship like you can really see it in the art how close they grow how quickly um, and I'm super excited to see how that looks going forwards as Eva ages up faster than Darren and that kind of a thing. Oh, I'm so excited for April when the next volume is going to arrive. So yeah, that about wraps up all of my specific thoughts on the Vampire's Assistant manga adaption. And yeah, I just want to re-emphasize how fucking good this was. Like, <laughs> I think maybe part of it is just... I really enjoy reading manga and it's been a while since I've read a good manga um, and also this is obviously an adaption of one of the most important stories of my life that I've read um, because of how it influenced me um, and how much I love it but like oh it's so good it's just just if you can I implore you to pick this up um, because if you love the Darren Chan novels specifically or if you've never read them I'm sorry because I've clearly spoiled them at this point it's I would say it's a good point. If you're like, hmm, do I need to read the novels before I can truly appreciate the manga? No, I think the manga stands on its own. And, like, I've definitely seen some replies from people on Twitter because I tweeted out about how happy I am that I own this. And, um, so the the, the publisher's Yen Press re retweeted me and, um, saying, oh, it's good to see this back in print and all this kind of a thing. And people were replying to that going, oh, wow, I remember this series. And, like, just seeing it from the perspective of people who grew up with a manga series instead of a book series and still enjoyed it as much as the book series is a really good sign. And, yeah, again, I just have to say, oh, it's so good. I'm so happy. And I'm going to be getting all of these and I'm going to be treasuring them dearly and wishing that they did the same for, like, the Demon and the prequel series with Larton Krepsley and all of that. Everything needs a Takahiro Arai adaption, damn it. So anyway, thank you for watching this video or listening to it, however you uh, consumed it. Um, and I will be back with a blurble reasoning on uh, Tunnels of Blood very soon. I got about halfway through that book, but I got completely absorbed in the manga. So I'm going to go back to that now and carry on. Maybe what I'll do is I'll read Tunnels of Blood and Vampire Mountain and then I'll wait for the next omnibus to arrive and just kind of do a side-by-side -side comparison as we go along. That might be the way to go here. But yeah, anyway, thank you for listening slash watching and I'll see you slash hear you. That's not how that works <laughs> in the next one.